Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I started this on Thursday because it's been on my mind for a while. It actually starts from that scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 10. I'll read from verse 3 and it reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God or through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when obedience is fulfilled, praise the Lord. Now, the part, last bit of it is just part of what he was trying to correct in the church. So, but what I'm really particular about is verses 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, he was correcting something. Apparently, I think there were people who rose up in the church in Corinth that were teaching the people something different. Uh, quite intelligent or skillful in what they do in the traditions of the Jews and in the religion of the time or in the civilization of the time and now in the church and they just could not see why things were done the way things were done in the church and so they were instructing the people contrary to the word of God so Paul had to address the situation and so when he said that then to bring to meet out adequate punishment when your obedience is fulfilled is like telling them that this is the correct thing. You, when you fall into line, it will be easy for me to deal with the perpetrators of this distracting or confusing instructions. But you see, the thing is, he said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Basically, what he's saying is that though we live in the physical, but you see, our progression in life. Our lifestyle is not limited to the physical. As a matter of fact, as children of God, there are things that are diametrically opposed to the way the world will do things. Praise the Lord. And so he was trying to tell them that, look, your strength is much more in the spirit to rule the physical than approach the physical through the physical. If you do that, then you are not better than the world. And that is the truth. For example, I give you an example from the Old Testament. When God looked at the city of Nineveh and he was going to exercise his mercy on them, then he picked no, I mean, sorry, Jonah, servant of God. He said, look, this is what I want to do. I'll use you as the spearhead for my mercy to come into the city. Guess what he said? He said, God, do you know them? These are wicked people planning to destroy us. So why will you be showing your mercy? Now, you see Jonah acting like a man will act. Probably justified carnally. In fact, carnally, yes, justified. Logically correct. But God says, the way I'm going to keep Israel intact and achieve his purpose is by extending this love to all his neighbors. 
So I want to save them. So they will become, come on, they start to be in agreement with you rather than planning to. He said, no, I think they should be, I mean, I think they should be destroyed. That's kind of, it's okay, but God will not go that route. And that's why the kingdom is like an upside down kingdom, as it were. Praise the Lord. Hello, are you hearing me? So for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Glory be to God in the highest. We do not live according to natural dictates. Because now we have access to spiritual armory. And that controls everything. Glory be to God in the highest. So the next line now says, for the weapons. But again, go back to three. Let me just point out something there. Quickly, thank you. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk. Okay, fine. So you are saying our existence in the flesh, our life in the flesh is a war. That's what you begin to introduce here, Paul. Straight from the first line. Though we walk in the flesh, that is, though our lifestyle is in the flesh, we do not walk. And it's amazing that you use this particular word. So it's calling our attention to the fact that your life, the day you give your life to Jesus, became a war. And a warfare. That introduction is key. So not to waste time on that, I just quickly want to tell you that it is true. If you have gone to the believers class, they will tell you straight away. But before you give your life to Jesus Christ, you know, the power of the, uh, the, the prince, or rather, the power of the prince of the power of the air, yes, is who? Thank you. Not pastors. Who? When you see the Bible say the prince of the power of the air, what do we, what do we mean? No, not pastors. Yes, the devil. That means that very few people have gone to believers class. So if you read the power of the prince of the air, it's not God. That's the devil. If you read the God of this world, what does that mean? The devil. Come on, are you here with me? But that's the era. That's the, that's, that's, that's the zone you exist. That's where you operate too. And if where you operate, the prince is the devil, the God is the devil. That's the way God has allowed it to be. You can deny it only one that, which devil? He is the God of this world. And when we say world, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the systems in place. And the systems are such that you must go through the systems. Except you want to live an ascetic life in which you'll be useless to the system. And that's why it's easy for the devil to get into schools and remove everything Jesus in schools and remove everything moral in schools and make it the way he wants it. It's part of the system. The student must go through the system. That's why some rules and some laws of the land or some... You begin to wonder, why will a nation have that? It's a system. But you see, what the devil fails to realize is that earth is the Lord and the food is thereof. The world and all that dwells within is still God's. Praise the Lord. And that's why we don't just do things according to the God of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. I can't withdraw my children from school. They have to go to school. So that means that they will be exposed to that as they are exposed to my belief and my way of life. Hello. So don't you see that for those children as early as that age, they are in a battle. I know of people here, children, who live here and go to school abroad, and the mother will come to me and say, Pastor, she wants to talk to you. She's fighting the whole system there. I said, let me talk to her. And she's arguing. 
She is teaching her this. She said, look, look, look. I understand this is academics. But this is the Bible and this is the truth. And they are arguing with him. Even the professor is arguing with her. Yeah. So we need to talk to her. So usually we get to talk to her and tell her, wait a minute. That's for academic purposes. But that's not what you take as your conviction. And when you are outside school, maybe after you have done your exams and you've got your results, you can ask the teacher out for a breakfast. As the teacher, let me explain stuff to you. Don't explain before your exam. He will fail you. <laughs> it's true. He will fail you. So, and why does that come in? Because even Jesus, not Epistles now, the words of Jesus. Let me tell you this. I was showing my wife, one man of God of blessed memory. He said, look. He said, everything in life is good. But when you get to a place of confusion, the crossroad and argument begin to ensue. So then you want to get, hello, to the court of God, the court of the gospel. And what's the court of the gospel? He said, the epistles. It tells us how to live. He said, if there's still an argument, go to the supreme court of the gospel, which is the words of Jesus. After all, things were made by and without him was nothing made that was made. So let me hear what Jesus said about it. That's why I want to tell you this. You know where Jesus was? See how he commissioned us. He said, I sent you out as lambs among the wolves. That's fight. Because wolves will come for you. But except you know who you are, I'm a lamb. But you want to know my nature? The lion of the tribe of Judah. You only need to engage this lamb. Come on, wolf. You only need to engage this lamb to understand that you are in a battle with a lion. But that there will be war? It's not in question. There will be. Hello. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's leave it. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. I think in chapter 12. And there was war in heaven. Uh, I thought heaven is peace and calm and everything. There was war in heaven. And how did the war end? The devil was kicked out of heaven. And what happened to him? He fell to the earth. And there was a, there was a warning from there. Say, woe to you inhabitants of the earth. Because the devil has fallen down to you with all his rot and his trouble and his wickedness. And God said, sir, you have dominion on earth. What does that mean? War. So if you must exercise dominion, get ready for war. Right? So it's not an assumption or presumptuous statement. It is the truth. Uh, to further make you understand clearly what we're saying, First Timothy 1.18, thank you. Paul was writing to Timothy, a young Christian and a young minister. See what he says. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may do what? Come on, come on, talk to me. I can hear you. So we are here today in the name of oh, oh, sister. I perceive in the name of Jesus that there's coming for you an unusual victory. Because you received it with that shout of amen. You just declare to the power of the air, I am going to be victorious. Anyhow, you think. And you think before this time, I'm look at you. Whoa. So we do everything around you to prove to you that you are not going anywhere. And that's why with every prophecy, you wage a war. With every revelation. What's revelation? 
the light hits you that oh, I am head I'm not here by stress I am healed the devil saying you're going to die so no but by stress I'm healed but you're going to die no but by stress I'm healed Jesus suffered I am healed in the name of Jesus what are you doing war is it that you believe the devil or you believe the word the devil will show you things to prove to you that you can't make it but you are saying from the Bible, from what Jesus has done, I have made it. And he said, Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor, say, Here you here, you are in a war. So come on, settle it. You know how dangerous it is to be in a war, you don't know you're in a war. How can you win when you don't know you're in a war? Okay. So again, next one. Um, first, second Timothy 2 3, please. You therefore, he's still talking to Timothy, endure hardship as what? <laughs> what does the soldier do? Uh, Next line, verse four. No one engaged in what? Warfare. So, can't you see? You are in a warfare. You are a soldier. Entangles himself with the face of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Glory be to God in the highest. Look at First Timothy six twelve, just to say to that, and I'll round up. Six twelve, fight the good fight of faith. Uh-uh. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you are also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many. Now the last one. Help me turn to Second Timothy four seven. Now Paul had finished his course. He wanted to, he wanted to go over, and was talking to Timothy. He said, "I have what." Can you see him? He has finished his life. He has achieved everything. He was old. He, was, he wanted to quit. He said, I have fought. That was the first thing he said. I have fought a good fight. No wonder he had, he had, he had advised him earlier. He said, you fight the good fight of faith. He said, wage a good warfare by the prophecies that have been I mean, spoken to you over your life. Uh, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So look at the three ways he's describing his life here. A fight well fought. A race well run, faith well kept. Then the next I said, now therefore there remained for me the crown of glory. Now you can see that your life is a warfare. Glory be to God in the highest. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, George, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved disappearing. Praise the Lord. So we settle that straight away, that we are in a warfare. And if it's a warfare, then we need weapons, don't we? That's why. So go back to where we are where in Second Corinthians chapter 10. Back to chapter Yeah. Second Corinthians. Quick, quick, quick. God bless you. Amen. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Next line, four. For the what? Everybody read with me. Come on, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. For the weapons of our what? Warfare. And not what? Kana. But they are what? Ma- through God. To what? Pulling down. Now, we just established the fact that we are in a warfare. Glory be to God in the highest. If we are in a warfare, then we need weapons to fight. You know that time we were losing the war, we'd walk around because there were no adequate weapons for our men. That was when we were losing at that time. When weapons come, they routed them. So what's an army without weapons? What's a soldier without a weapon? He's dead. (laughs) 
So the weapons, so the next thing we talk about is the weapons of our warfare. We're in the war, so the weapons. So now you've got to know your weapon. I was made to understand. Praise the Lord. I think it was the 18th regular course in 1974 at NDA. I think so. Is that 18th or 22nd? I can't remember now. And I was part of those who passed the exam. But my father didn't let me go. He said he was in the army, 22nd World War. And he was actually. So he said, You can't go. So when I hear people standing now, they said, You're part of this regular course. I said, Ah, so what if I had gone into the army? The time we should remember that you're not a young man anymore, you're 60. You'll be retired. Which is true. And you don't wait until you're 64, you're retired in the army. Sometimes they wait. Praise the Lord. But you see, I began to think of things at that time. A soldier must master his weapon. So those of my friends who are in the military, and sometimes that's when they trust you enough, even when they carry the little one that you don't know, the seemingly small one that you don't seem to know, if they allow you that much because they are free in your presence, there will be times that you see them just clean and clean and clean and clean, dismantle and clean and oil and whatever. And just always getting ready. That's a soldier. My daddy left the army, he wasn't allowed to carry weapons anymore. But he always liked guns and uh, he had these double barrels and all these things at home. And uh, for no reason in the evening, he just bring it out and we oil it and we do and we put on your and we do like this, we do like this. He never shot in my presence, but he always That's a soldier. You must recognize your weapon. You must be comfortable with your weapon. Now you know you're a soldier. You know you're in a warfare. Now we are talking about your weapon. Don't limit your weapon to carnal level. Your weapon is more sophisticated. That's what he's saying. Your weapon will do what the carnal weapon can do and much more. That's what he's saying. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Pulling down strongholds. If all we have is just the kind of weapon that everybody has, of what use is that? That means that during the war, we'll be in trouble. Like I told them in the first service. I said, this war, you don't need to start the war. As a matter of fact, you don't start the war. The war is there waiting for you. Hello. And see, like God has human beings, human agents who are soldiers. The devil has human agents who are soldiers too. He has non-human agents who are soldiers. Hello. Glory be to God in the highest. But God can use non-human agents at any time. There's an orderly God. He's a very orderly God. He will not do anything that will make him look unjust. Glory be to God in the highest. I say glory be to God in the highest. Amen. How do you understand the scripture that says the thief comes not before to steal, to kill, to destroy? That means that even when they are laughing at you and coming to embrace your neck and they are agents of the devil, don't begin to feel relaxed. They will still hit you. That's how they get by. Now, I'm not saying that you should start walking and suspecting human beings as you walk around. Where's your peace if you do that? But what I'm saying is this, if you are truly a child of God, which I know you are, then there's something called designing of spirits. It should come alive in you straight away. 
And what does that do? It makes me know you, 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 separate people. And what does that mean? We begin to react to them? No, to know how to appropriately respond to them. Hello? Now I know that I design in my spirit that this one, is look, this one holds a knife secretly is looking for my neck. You think I'll go and sleep in his home and sleep on his bed and leave my neck. But you think I'll find him hungry, I won't give him food? I will give him food. I'm still as loving as I can be. But because I'm able to discern, then I know where to set my limits and my boundaries as allowed by the word of God. Or how do you understand the of your equally yokuton believers? That's a level of covenant relationship that you cannot have with somebody who is a child of the devil. You can't. Because it will be in your space. The battle will be tougher for you. Can I shock you? What if somebody who is a witch, an announced witch, says, I want to marry you? Choice to say no. But you always have your choice to say, I can do what I want because we can't force you, we don't control you. Now, when you marry that person, believe you me, you got a witch in your bedroom. How do you sleep? The mercy of God will still prevail for you, but these are physical things that happen. So you live the rest of your life watching your back. Can you see what I'm talking about? So the war is real. But now that we know that weapons are not carnal, explain carnality. Because that person is a witch. And he's using witchcraft. Let me go and join witchcraft to fight him. That's carnality. He will finish you. She has mastered or he has mastered his weapon. You had better mastered your weapon. And know that their weapons have no match at all. He stole my chicken in the farm. I'm going to steal his pig in his phone farm. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the weapon I have is mighty through God and it will pull down. In Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So again, he's telling you that you are in a wrestling match. But against what? Principalities and powers. And what? Rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in high places. It says, therefore, to what? Put on what? The whole. Come on, talk to me, talk to me. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may do what? To withstand. And among what is listed, if you go to the next line quickly, you see the breastplate of righteousness. Next. Quick, quick, quick. You see preparation of the gospel of peace. Shield of faith. What does that do? Come and talk to me. So that there will be dirt, there will be bullets, there will be spears, there will be javelins, there will be arrows. There will be. How do you stop them? The shield of faith. And take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the spirit. I'm sorry, helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the spirit? Okay, fine. I can't go out through the details. I can talk of faith and talk of the word of God straight, straight away. 
Hello? So these are things that I have, which I've got to believe that are working and are potent, and I've got to acquaint myself with the operation thereof. Hello? Um, I don't know how I can make, I can tell you this, but my wife will tell you. Some things are happening. I begin to feel uncomfortable with my spirit man. And I say, you know what? Sometimes she thinks, ah, man, when we first got married, she said, ah, I don't know Christianity this well. I say, how? She said, ah, you always see, you always, ooh. I say, yeah, that's me. She said, ah, ah. I say, don't worry. She said, when do you sleep? I say, I sleep. <laughs> because in South Africa, they sleep at 8 o'clock. And London, she'll, she'll go to work, and when she's tired, she sleep. But now, the average time she goes to bed, don't let me exaggerate. Tell them. 2 a.m. <laughs> ah. <laughs> because, of, because of pasta. <laughs> no, I don't disturb her. She adjusted herself to become like that. But please, go to bed. It gives his beloved what? Sweet sleep, sleep and sleep sound. But when you master your weapon, you will sleep in peace. The only reason I sleep late is because I'm a late night person. Oh yes, don't wake me in the morning to do something. It takes a lot of effort. I can stay till 4 a.m. to do it for you. In the school, they don't wake me. Yeah, we read. I say, don't disturb my peace. But when they are all asleep, I can still be there. Thinking I'm making it in my mind. When the snow says, switch off your light. The one I've taken during the day, they are on my mind, and my mind, and I'm, yes, connecting this. I, I can connect for the next three, four hours, and no, I'm not sleeping yet. That's me. That's when I will remember what you and I discussed, which you have not done, which you have done five months ago. I'll remember. Then I'll quickly put it down. In the morning, I'll call you. I'll send you a text in the night. Because I know you see it when you wake up in the morning. Some people are laughing. Because I will remember everything in the night when I'm connecting everything, I will remember. So that's me. Some people are late night people, some people are early morning people. I know some of our pastors, if you call them at nine o'clock, you are wasting your time. <laughs> but as early as four AM, they are scattering the whole place, they are they are awake. I'm not joking. True, I know that. I know some of our pastors that when we are fasting, the only thing that will give them trouble is a cup of tea in the morning. If you take that tea away, ah, so when they are fasting, the fact that they won't take tea, that is the fasting. <laughs> ah. If you can, you can take everything, but just give them that tea, they will even go the whole day without food. So, you see, we are different. But what I'm trying to say is that you have to master your weapon by the grace of God. Now, see, see what the word of God does. That's a weapon. That's a weapon. That's a weapon. But how effective is, it, is the weapon? Come on, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, what does he call it? He says, sharper than two-edged sword. It will enter the tiniest crevice. It will get into anywhere. By the way, everything that we see were made from the word. So whatever confronts you when you have the word and you speak it and you know the word. Ah, he said the word of faith which you preach. Say, why are you standing there saying who we go to heaven to bring God down to win my situation? Or will anybody go to heaven to go and ponder heaven quiet for fight and get better? Say, hey, the word of faith which you preach is near you, it's in your mouth. That's a weapon. 
you'll be surprised. You see what I'm talking about? And yet you have it. What about the Holy Ghost? So what I was going to say about her is that something was happening. We were having a battle with one of our children. And I had seen some stuff this before. And I said to her, she agreed, she doesn't agree with me anymore. So we had prayed and we left it. I said, you know what? We didn't stop the devil. Because I saw, personified, no face, but personified. So I know what was causing it. I said, can we stop this thing? Okay. In the name of Jesus, bam. By the following morning, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't know that anything ever happened to the boy. I shared a testimony. The ladies in church I was talking to after the service, or in between service, was her sister. Somehow, got into trouble. Her upper pallet started having problem. A sword that will not heal. Right there. And it was getting bad. She said, please, will you pray with my sister? We were coming for anointing service, the one before the last. Are you here? And suddenly, where is that lady that sits here? The one that they said that she had cancer and she was crying, she thought she would die. And they said, go to, go to the anointing service. The anointing service, before I could talk, she ran out before I could even pray. She fell on me, I almost fell down. But by the grace of God, she went back and there was nothing. She sits right here before, the, before this stand. That's where she sits all the time. And she said that by the grace of God. And she brought the sister. I said, go to another service. He said, when we leave here, get into my home, we take us three to four hours. So by the time we wait for the anointing service, Pastor, I don't know where we're going to get home. <sighs> okay, come. Because the truth is that I'm going to the anointing service. So I should be confident of something. You are going to a minister and they are stopping you on the way. Uh-uh. You know what I realized? I didn't tell them in the first service. Jesus didn't heal everybody. No. He didn't heal anybody. If he did heal everybody, what about the man at the beautiful, I mean, at the, at the beautiful gate? He didn't. But tell me one person that came to him that he didn't heal. One. One. Or tell me one person that God directed to him that didn't get healed. But he didn't heal everybody. So, let me speak to you about me, Elisha Bangba. Hey, no. But if God directs him to me in the name of Jesus, I will try. I will launch out. What doesn't happen? It's not my business. So as far as my weapon is concerned, I will take risk on my weapon. I will take the risk on my weapon. Faith is a risk. I told him first service. I said, the hospital, if the doctor tells you that, hey, from what we have seen, from our knowledge, beyond this, no more hope. So go home and rest. And you cry out. We will launch out. Are you sure he will be healed? From the word of God? Yes. What if he doesn't get healed? It's not my business. Because where do you want her to go to? The doctor said, there's nothing we can do anymore. She's looking for God. And she's looking for God. And she saw you. She came to you. Say, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jade. Jade. See, won't see. Uh-huh. And you know about. Shalabon. He will come out to them. Out of your belly flows. Rivers. Woo-hoo. I didn't get there in the first service. So what did I tell you with a weapon? You have to be daring. 
If there's one characteristic of a soldier, it's courageous. What if you die? <laughs> Before you, the day was being enlisted, they told him, Is it that you kill or they kill you? When is what time? So he knew. So why tell me what he doesn't get here? You see why it works? The weapons of our warfare are no color. They are empowered by God for exploits. I close with the story of David. David and Goliath. He was not qualified for the army, but he was enlisted by God. He had just been anointed to be the next king, but yet he was not qualified for the army. I don't know what you don't qualify for, but where God has already qualified. And you're not going to assert yourself and become prideful and haughty. No! The Bible says the gift of a man will make a way for him. So there's no competition. Just know who you are and know you're right. First Samuel chapter 17 as I close. I just want to see you how this thing works. So he wasn't qualified, but the father wanted to know the welfare of his brothers, sent him with food to them. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Because this will bless you now. This will bless you. This will bless you. This will change everything about you. It will bless you. Honest. So what did he do? He sent him to go look for them. As he was getting there, Goliath came out and was bragging. And he bragged and bragged and defied the armies of Israel. That was what caught his attention. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he began to ask questions. He said, what will happen to the man that accused this man? Because when he was bragging, the king and everybody ran away. And while he was talking, his brother came to try to stop him. And he said to his brother, if there is no reason, there will be no need for me to be asking questions. Is there not a cause? And that's one thing I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't brag on your weapons. Don't brag. Don't show off. Use it effectively. Bring it out when it is necessary. Verse 44. Then David said to the Philistine, Hear me. You come to me with a sword with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, the question is this. What killed Goliath? Goliath, you are coming to me with a sword, with a javelin. I am coming to you how? Come on, talk to me. How did he come? What did he say? I am coming to you how? Say it again. I am coming to you how? 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 You coming against me with sword, with spears, with javelin, you are an expert at war. But I have one thing. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Peter and John said, silver and gold you don't have, but what we have we will give you in the name of Jesus. So they know their weapon. David knew his weapon. Peter and John knew their weapon. Come on. Hello. Glory be to God in the highest. Aha. Uh-huh. Before then, Goliath had done some things. He looked at him in 44 and disdained him. Mm-hmm. And when he saw him, he cursed him by his gods. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who has cursed you. Did they curse you in the name of Jesus? So, what's your fear? 
Goliath cursed David. Did it work? So the cause costless shall not come. Whatever cause is been sent to you, you've forgotten that every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. Can you see your tool? What do you do with it? So we, I condemn it now in the name of Jesus. There's no sorcery, no amulet, no divination, no spell against you that will prosper. I condemn them in the name of Jesus. I reverse the effect in Jesus' name. That's how it works. Because the cost cost shall not come. So what am I doing? I have so much faith in the word. So that the shield of faith stopping the darts of the wickedness. You see what I mean? But it didn't work. And then I told him, he said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Okay. Um, then he has said to David, he said, today I will give your flesh to the birds of the air. Here, David, after saying that. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take you and take your head from you. And this day, see, 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 see. see he spoke to David. David replied, in the name of the Lord of hosts. He said, no, no, no. Head will come off somebody, really, but not my head. Mm-mm. Goliath, you started it all. Head indeed will come off somebody, but not my own. Is your own. And those of the armies of Philistine. David said it. Can you see war? I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Uh, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save. Come on, hear David, hear David, hear David. The Lord does not save with what? Saw and spears. For the battle is what? The Lord's. And they will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried. He wasn't shaking. He wasn't retreating. He hurried and did what? Run! Woohoo! If there's something soldiers have courage ran toward the army to meet the Philistines then David put his hand in his bag and took out how many stones a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistines in his forehead so that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground 50 everybody read with me so David prevailed over the Philistines with what a sling and a stone One sling and one stone, not ten. He beat five, but it was one in the hand of God. That which doesn't mean much to you, we do wonders. Mighty through God. Rod was ordinary, it was the word rod of Moses. Once the moment Moses answered the call, or Moses came in town in tune with God's calling, that rod of Moses became the rod of God. He said, Pick it by the tail. The serpent became a rod. He said, you are going to part the sea. God didn't say, I will part the sea. He said, Moses, you will part the sea. Stretch your rod. Moses, bring out water. Hit the rock. <laughs> hey, hello. The little boy's meal will remain little boy's meal forever. But in the hand of the master, he fed the whole crowd. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not. But they are what? True God to the pulling down of what? I want to rest my case. You can lock Peter, you can lock, sorry, you can lock Paul and Silas all you want, put them in the dungeon, all they need to do, pray. 
You see the word again? Sing praises. Earthquake. I don't know what has held you down. For this, for this few weeks or few days to the end of the year, you are going to swim in an unusual victory. In the name of Jesus. Will you stand up and just two minutes? Reverse the trend. 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 Reverse it quickly, 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 quickly. Two minutes, two minutes. One minute is gone, so I'm still sitting. Yes. <laughs> Reverse the trend in the name of Jesus. Reverse the trend. Reverse the trend. You have the power. It's in your mouth. The word of faith which you speak is not it's in your mouth. Reverse the trend in the name of Jesus. Make <laughs> Reverse the trend. Reverse the trend. Reverse the trend. Hallelujah. <laughs> because cause shall not come. Hallelujah. 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 Reverse it in the name of Jesus. Don't just keep quiet. Open your mouth and speak. Stop the crying. Stop the fear. Stop the complaint. Declare the word of God in your situation. Declare the word in your situation. Of your welfare, not kind they are mighty through God. And what do they do? They pull down strongholds. Every song will pull it down right now in the name of Jesus. They cast down imaginations, no matter the imagination of the wicked, bring it down. No matter what he's trying to exalt himself above the knowledge of God in your life and situation, bring it down in the name of Jesus. Bring it down. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. Because indeed, it's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. We thank you. We worship you because it's not by reason of strength that anyone will prevail. We thank you because your word is effective. There's power in your word. We thank you because it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you because your word in our mouth shall be fire. Oh yes, there shall be armor. They will bring forth the results that are expected. We give you praise. We give you honor. We worship you. We adore you in the name of Jesus. If you believe that something has turned around for you, and with your own mouth you are going to begin to declare the glory of God in your life, a shout of victory in the name of Jesus. A shout of victory in the name of Jesus. <laughs> hey! Woo-hoo! You know what I realized? God gave me an interpretation of your shouting. You see, what is it? You will fulfill the days of your life. In the name of Jesus. You say, what is it? You will see your children's children. In the name of Jesus. Sin will not prevail against you. Death will not prevail against you. Failure will not prevail against you. In the name of Jesus. You are indeed completing him who is the head of all principalities and powers. So in your marriage, completion in Jesus' name. Over your children, completion in the name of Jesus in your finances completion in the name of jesus in your health you are completing him in the name of jesus 
because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you and whatever is out of tune in your body I command a rearrangement in the name of Jesus next year will be a glorious year for you in the name of Jesus we know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message for additional information and materials from Pastor Tai Udukoya please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries Off Town Planning Way in Lukoju, Lagos visit our website at www.tfolc.org thank you God bless you